I'm Keith MacArthur. Unlocking Bryson's Brain is a podcast about my son, (laughs) the rare disease that keeps him from walking or talking. I mean, Bryson's perfect, but his life is really hard. And our family's search for a cure. Oh my gosh, maybe science is ready for this. It's part memoir, part medical mystery. We can do just about anything. Modifying DNA. My heart and my throat. Cure is controversial. Unlocking Bryson's Brain. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. This is White Coat Blackheart. This is an encore presentation of an episode that aired in December 2022. Hi, guys. Hey, Rachel. So Rachel is right here. Rachel and Gwena, she has to go see her elder, Sherry. I think Dr. Goldman might want to come along with you. May I? This is Dr. Goldman. This is Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Oh, I've got you Rachel. Dr. Goldman. Rachel was one of the people selected to do an interview um, this morning, and she's excited to do that. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Rachel Molnar is 11. You You don't expect your tour guide at a long-term care home to be that age. Sherbrooke Community Centre, an innovative care home located in Saskatoon, (laughs) is full of surprises like that. Okay, Rachel, where are we going? Um, We're going to Treasure Garden to get an elder named Sherry, which I really like. She's really nice and funny. What do you think is the most interesting thing about being here? Um, I love the energy. It's, I love seeing everyone so happy, and it, I just love this program. It's awesome. It feels happy. Yeah. And everyone's so welcoming. Rachel is a student in a program in Saskatoon called iGen. There are 25 students enrolled in this year's class. They come from all across the city. Each morning, five days a week, she and her grade six classmates attend school at this sprawling nine-acre nursing home. Oh, they get the three R's. But at the same time, they get some real-life experience with the people who live here. Let's meet the educator who started iGen, the first of its kind in Canada. Hi, my name is Carrie Albert, and I am a teacher with Saskatoon Public School Divisions for 26 years. And I am the lead teacher of the iGen program at Sherbrooke Community Centre, and I've been here in this position for nine years. So tell me about about this program. Tell me how it all started. Well, I was finishing my master's degree in curriculum studies, and I had a dream that I wanted to build a different kind of classroom that was located um, in a community space. Uh, My dream was that it would be a a shared space learning environment. I hoped uh, that it would be something that involved people of all ages and coming from all places and walks of life. And so I approached Sherbrooke, which I had had a previous connection with to propose the idea, and they were interested in looking at a full-time classroom here in Sherbrooke Community Centre. Tell me about the relationships that students have with people who live here, with the residents. I would say the relationships form quickly. They're very natural. I feel like the elders have a, a keen interest in the students, their energy, their stories, and really want to get to know them. And it all starts with simple things like getting to know each other's names, 
for the students to learn where the elders live in the building. When do they, and when and how does that happen? It happens. How does the mixing happen? Sure, it happens first thing when the year begins because when we enter the building, we do orient ourselves very quickly to the layout of Sherbrooke, how it's organized into neighborhoods. We learn about Eden Alternative and our role here as plague busters. We are here to fight the plagues of loneliness, boredom, and helplessness. So the kids learn very quickly. One of the first lessons they learned this year was how to assist a person who's using a wheelchair, how to ask them if they can take their brakes off, how to ask if they're ready to go in the direction that the two of them have decided to go, ask if they're comfortable, ask if they have their seatbelt on. So it's all of those considerations and um, orientation, I guess, into this environment that give the kids the confidence and the elders as well to go off and have little adventures together. Like the one I'm on with Rachel who takes me to meet a resident named Sherry. When did you first meet Sherry? Um, I met her at um, like we had this First Nations Day I think um, and I was assigned to porter her and um, like sit with her for the dance like for First Nation dancing. Did you know much about Sherry before you met her? No, I You just walked that. in there cold and you must be a friendly sort of person. <laughs> Thank you. How old are you? I'm 11 years old. Okay, lead the way. Did you get any special training with, uh, on how to do that? Um, not really. Well, we got a little bit of training. Like, they told us... Um, like how to push wheelchairs and like how to porter people and like what elders like when you're talking to them and stuff. This is the other person that you're going to interview. Hi. Hello. Hi, I'm Brian. Hi. And you are? I'm, my name's Mia. Hi, Mia. As we make our way to Sherry's room, we're joined by Mia Wright, another grade six student in the iGen program. Rachel was also saying, Mia, that uh, she learned about how to uh, move people in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I learned it too. Yeah. What other things have you learned here? Um, like, I know it's really helped me, like, with my conversation skills iGen has. How? Um, just talking with the elders and getting confidence too. Um, that's one of the biggest things that it's helped me with, I think. Yeah, you really get a, like, you always talk to elders here, so, yeah, you, it does, like, you are better at, like, conversation skill. I am. What, what kinds of things do you like to talk to them about? Um, there's, like, about their life and, like, why they came here, and, like, what was their life before they came here, and, like, also, like, what do they do when they're here? Like, do they go to any, do they go to, like, music, or what do they go to? This must be an interesting experience for you, meeting different kinds of people who have different kinds of needs, different ages. Can you say more about that, Rachel? I think it's, like, it's an adult care home, so there's, like, anywhere, like, it's just for adults. It's for anyone with high medical needs and, um, <laughs> I don't know. And, and on up to uh, very high medical needs. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. How do how do the people you've seen here compare to your own grandparents? Very different. Um, both sets of my grandparents are both like able-bodied. Most people here are in wheelchairs. 
Yes, same with mine. Uh, my grandma does have dementia, and one of my both of my grandpas have had cancer. But they're it's they're it's everyone's really lucky, like to not be in a wheelchair. Like y you shouldn't take that for granted too. What do you think is the most important lesson that uh, you're going to, that you're learning here? Um, I think that everyone's a person and everyone's the same, and everyone should be treated equal. Even let, let's say I treat Rachel some way, I should treat another person, even if they're in a wheelchair, the exact same way. Hi, Dale. Hi. You guys, come on in. I'm thinking maybe. Um, yeah, that would be great, Gabby. Gabby's gonna make some space for Dale. We also have with us today Arlene. We have Cindy. We have Pierre. We have Gil. We have Jason, who's also new to Sherbrooke. The people iGen founder Dale Carrie Cunningham. Albert is we welcoming have, have two things in Dallas. common. All are residents at Sherbrooke, and anyone? all are indigenous. So we've got lots of elders with us today uh, to be part of this learning and conversation. Here well. in this chapel, located inside Sherbrooke, we're so glad that everybody's here. Carrie has brought these indigenous residents and the grade six students to a learning circle. What about the term Indian? Has anybody heard that one? I personally know as an Indian that I'm from. I'm from India, but really, um, India was just a Indians was just a word the, the 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 British made up. But actually, my um, my country's real name is Bharat, and it's actually and we we uh, us and Indians nowadays are actually we our name was um, Bharatio. Is so. I, I know that the British they just made up a make it, made up a random name for you. So what if you like imagine if you were in my you were in their place and then someone just came up to you and made a random name for you that you didn't like. How would you feel? It's like when somebody says your name wrong. Priceless learning opportunities like these are easy to arrange when the grade six class is embedded at Sherbrooke. Carrie Albert. One of the first activities we had this fall was an Indigenous uh, Truth and Reconciliation celebration. And so, so the students' role during that uh, celebration was to go and visit an elder in their home and ask them if they would like to come and porter them to the event, spend time at the event conversing and getting to know them because um, there's lots of you know, times and spaces in between activities where they could have a chat and then help them get home at the end of it. So it was a very natural way for kids and elders to have a focus, which was the activity and the event, but also to have that chance to get to know one another. So that was one of the first activities we did this year, and the kids were phenomenal companions, and they were really brave and courageous in working with someone that they really hadn't met or had spent time with before who may need a wheelchair who may need some special considerations like a blanket or a coat outside to stay warm, slippers on their feet. And when are the moments when they're able to have those interactions? You mentioned a special occasion yes. for truth and reconciliation, yeah. but and, and I see that they're in a they're having a math class right now, so mm -hmm. so they're not with the residents right now. So when and how do they interact with them? They interact on a, on a more routine basis. Right. So I would say every day there are natural interactions that happen during transition times where the kids are coming into school going out of school, having a recess break, doing pet care on the different floors. That's one of the times. 
We also have groups, uh, planned activity groups, which we coordinate with the rec staff here at Sherbrooke, where five at the most students at a time go to a floor to work with the rec staff and do an activity with elders. We have a coffee club, we have an art club, we have a group that goes and does bowling and other like physical type activities. We have a, a group of students who take turns working at the front desk with the, the front receptionist. What do you hope, what do you see right now as the long-term benefits of a program like this? I think this kind of a program lets people see humanity um, in, a, in a completely different way. In it, all its shapes in and sizes. In all its shapes and sizes, in all of its forms. This might be the first time that they're seeing people who yes. move about in a wheelchair. Exactly. This might be the first time they see someone who can't verbalize. This might be the first time they smell certain smells. This might be the first time they hear certain sounds. And I think at the end of it, the kids see that the people that live here are valuable, meaningful, wonderful human beings. And the elders also see that in the kids. They see these kids are here to be our companions for the year, to make friendships with us. And they, those kids, are the shining light that is going to change this world. And so it's a very powerful way for all the people involved, not just the elders and students, but the staff that work here, the volunteers, the parents of the students and their families. It's a big ripple effect. Hi, John. Hi, we were wondering if you wanted to come to the learning circle today. Where is that? It's in the chapel. Okay, what time does it start? Um, what time does it start, Mia? Um, I think, well, what time is it now? It's quarter to two. It starts at 11. Are you waiting for me or are you at the chapel? We'll no. meet you at the chapel. Okay, good. Bye, Tom. See you soon. I want to thank the two of you for uh, showing me around and, and uh, talking about your experience with the iGen uh, program. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for interviewing us. We'll be right back. How do you forget your favorite person in the world? 30 years ago, my 14-year-old brother was killed by a speeding police car. And just a week or two after he died, I started to forget him. But what if I could get my memories back? I'm Alex McKinnon, and Sorry About the Kid is a new four-part series about what happens when trauma and memory collide. It felt like something was being torn out of my brain. Just somebody just tore a piece of flesh out. Sorry About the Kid is available now on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to White Coat Black Art. This week, a visit to Sherbrooke Community Center in Saskatoon. Grade 6 students like Rachel and Mia make this one of Canada's most innovative long-term care homes. The grade 6 students who attend the iGen program at Sherbrooke seem very comfortable interacting with residents. Students like these leave an indelible impact on the residents. iGen founder Carrie Albert thinks the reverse is also true. I have kept in touch with, um, with some of the students. I hear little bits and, and pieces of, of their life. There are students from every class, like this is our ninth class, so there are students from every class who I've run into or who I've received emails from. I just talked to a parent the other day of a student that was in my second class who said that every once in a while their child comes up with this, I learned that in iGen. 
I, that was something I learned when I was in iGen. So I do believe that it does have lasting effects on, on individuals. We had a birthday party for Sherbrooke last week. And a former student came and delivered a, a speech for the birthday party. And they were, she was um, really grateful to Sherbrooke and to the program for teaching her vulnerability and courage. That was what her speech was about. And I don't think that's something that is easy necessarily to learn or could just be learned without being in an environment like this. Got a lot of nods, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no, so you're now you're moving Okay, so everybody's starting to move. Do you have a name? My name's Eleanor. Hi, Eleanor. And do you have a name? My name's Isla. My name's Zoe. My name's Autumn. <laughs> yeah. I'm Lila. Oh, one more, one more. I missed you. Aiden. Hi. Hi to all of you. And thank you so much for uh, helping uh, make my radio show. I'm, I'm on the CBC. I'm the host of a show called White Coat Black Art. It's a show about medicine. Oh. You guys have a great day. Maybe we'll catch up with you later. Bye. As I'm about to find out, there's a lot more to the environment at Sherbrooke that makes life special for the 260 residents who live here. Hi, I'm Kim Schmidt, and I'm the CEO at Sherbrooke in Central Haven. We follow the Eden Alternative philosophy here, which um, and we have for about over 20 years, actually. What that means is that we are working to alleviate the plagues of the human spirit because we believe the Eden philosophy teaches that people are dying of loneliness, helplessness, and boredom. And so our whole purpose is to create a community where people thrive and different than an institution where people aren't meant to live and where they die from loneliness, helplessness, and boredom. So everything we do here is to create that vibrant community and that's why we have the children in our daycare. We have the iGen students. We have music and pets and lots of volunteers and um, plants and gardening and all those things that we all have in our own lives that make it full and abundant. The Eden Alternative Philosophy was developed in 1991 by a Harvard-trained geriatrician named Dr. William Thomas. Its lofty goal is to change the culture and environment of long-term care homes. It's the guiding philosophy at Sherbrooke and 250 other places in the U.S., Australia, and Canada. Thomas said elders should live in habitats for human beings, not sterile medical institutions. Deb Schick and Kim Schmidt are showing me the unusual ways they realize that philosophy. There's a cat? There's a cat. <laughs> this is becoming our cat room. Your cat room. Uh, our cat room, our kitten room. This year we fostered three sets of kittens with a mom. And so the mom comes just after she's had her kittens. And then the babies grow up here and they are socialized here. And then they get adopted into the wider community, not specifically so Sherbrooke. Okay. And we actually have to turn this couch around uh, because people come and sit and watch the kittens play. It's really fun. It's a lot of fun. They're beautiful little kittens. <laughs> we have an aviary, and we've had this for a long, long time, and it brings the outdoors in, um, and the birds chirping at just the sound of nature. Who have we got here? Okay, well, they're right here on these, on these um, posters. So we've got Buddy, the gray and white cockatiel. Um, he has a yellow and orange head and a metal band on his leg. So this is a fun thing to do is to read that and try and find Buddy. We've got George, he's a darker green budgie, and Paul's a light yellow and green budgie, and Johnny, 
yellow and orange head and mainly white body. They can get to be known by us and sometimes the cats will come and sit here and watch them. Um, which if you, ha- <laughs> if you have all of these things in your environment, it, it just makes it more interesting and it creates destinations for people to go to either on their own or with their families and and I find families who come if they can't communicate that well or visit like they norm like they used to they can become part of our community in other ways so they can come here they can watch the cats they can go to the art studio they can go to the gift shop with their person Mm -hmm. and there's there's things to do and places to go Um, I'll just point out here too that we kind of move away from what I call hotel art and we have our own hotel art. Can you, you've got to, you've got to say something about that before you tell me what well, we're just here. the generic art that you see in a hotel or a lobby or a hotel room or wherever you are. And we used to have a lot of art like that. And we've moved to, this is art that's created by the people who live here. And so we have an art studio, um, and we have an artist in residence, and so people can go there and create, and then we share their work here with everyone. And there's people who haven't been creative, or been an artist before, who become an artist once they're here, um, because they have the opportunity to. So um, I think that's another thing about Sherbrooke and Central Haven, is that people come here, they can learn and grow and they they um, can grow can yeah. learn and grow not shrink not shrink one of the things um, that we're we're working towards is making things as normal as possible so institutions aren't normal like hospitals it's not normal to live in a hospital and of course the nursing home or long-term care was built on the uh, concept of the hospital and the medical model and so we're, we're trying to move away from that and be as normal as possible, just like how people live before they come here. Most long-term care homes are organized into wards, like hospitals. Sherbrooke is organized into neighborhoods, where residents share meals and recreation time together. Deb and Kim took me to one of those neighborhoods where I found a resident. An occupational therapist is fixing her wheelchair. So we've got a couple of folks here from our therapies area and they're just checking Cindy's tire pressure. We're checking her. She has a specialized cushion, a Rojo. So we're just checking the air in it. That's what we're working on. Hi, I'm Brian from the CBC. How are you? I'm always happy. You're always happy? What's your name? Cindy. Cindy, pleased to meet you. Pleased to meet you too, Brian. Do you like living here? Yeah. What do you like the best? The food. What's your favorite food? What do you like to eat the most? I'm Ukrainian, so anything to do with pierogies would be good for me. Pierogies are good. Yeah. Yeah. So are you able to get a lot of Ukrainian cuisine here? Yeah, I take what I can get. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great philosophy. So so what's doing with your chair? What, What needed to be fixed? Well, it's not quite right. So they needed to come and fix it. Did they do a good job? Yeah. They're wonderful. So far, we've been hearing from the people who provide care at Sherbrooke. We're about to meet someone who sees things from the point of view of the people who call this place home. Hello. 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 H
Hi, Brian. Nice to meet you. Well, your wife is a big fan. She listens to your program every Saturday. Not you. I don't. I watch the hockey game. <laughs> Hi, my name is Ross McKay. And tell me about where you live, Ross. I live in Sherbrooke Community Center in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. How long have you been living here? Seven years. Ross McKay has MS. Uh, he chairs the Residents and Family Council, which gives the people who live here direct access to the people who run the place and the Board of Directors. I know it's seven years ago, but why don't you take me back to the first day you moved in here? It was a bit intimidating because it was a much larger facility than I'd lived before, but the welcoming was very, very great. The, the people really made me feel welcome. I was... Uh, taken to my room. I was helped. Uh, Had you ever lived in a long-term care before before Sherbrooke? Yes, this was the third long-term care facility I lived in. So how is this place different from the other two? There's more activity. There's more, how would I put it? There's more things to do inside and outside. The, the facility is set up. You can come and go or you can, in the wintertime, uh, we can spend time inside the building and there is lots of room to move around. I've spent some time with the iGen students. Have you? Yeah, I spend every day with them for about 45 minutes. What do you do with them? I read for them. I read uh, books. They read along sometimes, and other times they just listen. And they're books that are appropriate. Uh, right now we're reading a book on uh, Indian residential schools in uh, B.C. What's it like interacting with the students? Great. The kids are just fantastic. They're not only great students, but they're great to have around the building. They laugh and they joke and they carry on as if they're normal, push residents around. They interact with the residents. There's quite a few residents that are friends. They stop and visit with them, give them a hand, whatever is necessary. Well, you are very well spoken, sir. Thank it's you. been a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thank My you, wife Ross. will be thrilled. A simple game of darts shows how these students alleviate loneliness, helplessness, and boredom among the residents. But the indelible experience gained here is itself a gift that will pay many dividends to the students in the years to come. Since this episode aired last December, the iGen class has graduated. In June, the iGen program received the Saskatchewan Health Authority's inaugural Innovator Award. For this school year, they've received the most applications they've ever had. That's our show this week. If you'd like to comment, our email address is whitecoat at cbc.ca. White Coat Black Art was produced this week by Jeff Goods with help from Sujata Berry and Stephanie Dubois. Special thanks this week to the CBC's Jeff Stapleton for the beautiful photos we've posted at cbc.ca slash whitecoat. Our digital producer is Ruby Buiza, and our digital writer was Kina Alwahedi. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. Next week, we are back with our first episode of 2024. In part two of our series, we'll hear how living organ donor Heather Badenoch used her communication skills to find a match for an Ottawa woman in desperate need of a liver transplant. And some important scheduling news for you. Beginning next week, White Coat Black Art will be on Saturdays at the slightly new time of 1.30 p.m. in most parts of Canada, 2 p.m. in Newfoundland and Labrador. Sundays will stay the same. 
That's medicine from my side of the gurney. I'm Brian Goldman. From all of us here, we wish you a happy and healthy new year. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.